But you can even do the same thing with just like photos of everyday life where yeah. you basically, you look at the image and you go, what is a Bible lesson that can be pulled from this? So when I had photos of like rivers and stuff, it was able to you know talk about flow and the flow of living water flowing into you and then back out of you. Hello and welcome to the Digital Ministry Podcast, where we are having conversations about the stories and strategies of sharing God's love in the digital world. Now, here is your host, someone who believes pudding tastes better with a plastic spoon. This is Joshua Verwers. All right, everybody, welcome to the podcast. I am Joshua Verwers. Thank you so much for being here with me. And, you know, I'm excited today. I'm excited because this is a gentleman that we've got, a guest, and we are going to uh, kind of be sharing about a platform we haven't discussed yet on this podcast. We're going to be talking about Instagram. Now, this gentleman is a pastor, a church planter, and a digital minister using Instagram to post encouraging devotionals. And so I just want you guys to welcome to the podcast, George Holloway. George, did I say that last name correctly? Yes, you did. All right. Well, welcome. I'm glad to have you here. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. It's exciting to get to be on your show. I love what you're doing. It's uh, conversations that are so much fun to have. I'm excited. Yes. Yeah. The, The whole concept behind this obviously was I wanted to share stories of people using, you know, digital platforms for ministry, but also some of the strategies. Um, and so we'll kind of get to some of that here in a little bit, because I see what you're doing on Instagram and you're crushing it. I mean, you just literally are. I absolutely love it. Uh, when I told my wife who I was going to be interviewing, she's like, no way I follow him on Instagram. (laughs) So oh, wow. <laughs> she might actually be more excited for this interview than any of the others that I've done just because she follows your content and she loves it. That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, it was, and I, I never introduced you. Um, it was, it was none of that. She wasn't scouring my page, trying to find different people that I follow. It was just, she found you and she loved it. And she's like, oh yeah, I follow him. And she's like, how did you find him? I was like, man, I've been following him for about a year now. I was like, where you been at? <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, you're, you're one of the OGs. You've, you've been there since, uh, since the beginning, since I started trying to do stuff with Instagram. Yeah. And that's been the fun part for me, kind of setting almost like the fly on the wall, watching what you're doing, because uh, yeah, early on, I think you and I, we were kind of part of a little group where just different Christians that were trying to use the platform for good. Um, I was not as consistent as I know I need to be on Instagram, but I saw what you were doing and it was like, man, this guy, I got to follow. There were others that I kind of stopped following what they were doing, but, but not you seeing how you've been able to progress with the platform and it's expanded. I mean, the devotional content you're doing is just, it's getting more rich, more fulfilling, more informative, and definitely more encouraging on that. So man, I'm that's, so, that's so cool to hear. Thank you for that <laughs> encouragement. Yeah. Okay. So for people that have never met you before, have no idea who you are. Um, I've done a little, I mean, obviously I know you a little bit from kind of stalking you online. Um, but <laughs> you and I have a lot of similarities as in, I think I just heard a, a recent interview you did and you were talking about some of your past, what got you into ministry in the first place. And similar to me where you kind of knew you were supposed to be in ministry from a young age, uh, so what, seven years old, if I remember right, is, is that about yeah, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Seven years old. So tell us about that. Tell us about what kind of led you in 
Um, and then even the process that's also similar to me where you had that rebellious nature of wanting to run away from God for a while uh, and what led you back to the church. So give us a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, you, yeah, you, you summarized that pretty good. I uh, first said that I wanted to be a pastor when I was seven years old. I don't think I really knew what it meant. Um, I'm still not sure I really know what it means, but um, I, uh, I, it was, our church was um, one of those that you don't see it as often anymore, but it was one of those where in the middle of the service, instead of sending the kids off to children's church, uh, at this at this point, they would they would bring all the kids up to sit in front of the altar uh, on the steps, and the pastor would sit down, and they're all gathered around the pastor, and he would have some sort of an object lesson uh, for the kids. And this particular day, um, he asked, he was asking kids what they wanted to be when they grew up, and there were a bunch of kids saying things like, you know, I want to be you know a lawyer. Or, I don't think anybody said lawyer, but you know, like a doctor, <laughs> an astronaut. Right. I want to be you know a unicorn astronaut kitten, whatever, right? Yeah, like all yeah. these like like kid responses. And, and then it gets to me and, and, and Pastor Mark puts the, the, the mic up to me and I said, I want to be a pastor. And I'd never said that before ever in my life. And so the, the adults around my parents were like, did you hear that? That was your son. And my parents were like, no, not George. <laughs> George doesn't want to be a pastor. He's, he's not a pastor kind of person, right? Yeah. Um, and the, the, the truth is, and I think you mentioned you, you listened to that interview. I shared this with him too. I think that that's kind of been um, my perspective on me feeling called to be a pastor uh, for a lot of my life as well, where I'm like, no, not, not me. Um, that, that can't be right. And I'm so thankful for those people in my life who made sure that I, I didn't give that calling up because I really wanted to. I had real bad Jonah syndrome or yeah. pastoral pastoral ministry was, was my Nineveh. And I wanted to go anywhere but there. I wanted to find the next ship to Tarshish and set sail. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a, um, I had a, uh, a teacher who was a retired pastor, uh, Bobby Frazier, who really spoke into that a lot and had a, a huge, huge degree of influence on, on me ending up deciding to pursue ministry. Um, the, the funny thing about that, though, is that influence he had um, didn't actually result in me actually pursuing uh, ministry actively until several years after he died. Um, it, it was his um, his influence that stuck with me and, like, like ate at me just about, like it haunted me yeah. um, for for the next several years after he after he died and uh, I, I found myself graduating college and going all right i guess this is what i'm supposed to do so wow. yeah that's so, I, it just i didn't i didn't think it was going that was going to be me but it ended up being what god brought me to <laughs> right right yeah no okay so you're talking about that and how you finally made that decision um what did that the next couple years look like the next few years getting from that point of making that decision to then planting your church. Yeah. So, um, right as I was about to turn in the capstone project for, uh, for my undergrad, um, part of the capstone was writing a thesis. So I had to write a thesis and, um, I decided to write a thesis about, uh, the practice of religion on the internet because okay. 
during my uh, college years, it was the darkest time of my life. Uh, I, I sank into a horrible um, battle of, with depression and anxiety, bad enough that there were days I didn't leave my house. Um, it, was, it was the darkest time of my life. And in the middle of that, I found hope through a Google search for God and depression. Um, wow. And I found an, a, a, a Life Church online church service where Pastor Craig was talking about how God and, and, and Jesus and grace relates to some of the common issues and struggles that come along with depression and anxiety. And it spoke right into me, right in the middle of a coffee shop when I was studying and just breaking down. And so I kept attending um, for, for a, a good couple of years um, after that. And so then when it came time to write a thesis, I was like, I've got to write about this because it just fascinated me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wrote this thesis. And right as I was about to turn that thesis in, I got a call from one of the elders at my home church where I had grown up. Um, he said, hey, my name's Aaron. I, um, we haven't met before. I'm a new elder. Uh, but your name was given to me as maybe the right guy to talk to about this. I'm still not sure who gave him my name or why they thought I was the guy <laughs> to talk to about it. But he was like, I have this, this crazy idea. Yeah. Uh, and, and I want to talk with you about it. Um, but I don't want to tell you what it is until we're in person. So can you meet me for breakfast? I'm, I'm like, I'm in College Station. You're in Tomball. That's an hour away. Sure, whatever. I'll meet you for breakfast. As long as you're by and I'll meet you. Right, right. And... Uh, so I drove down there, and, he, and, he's, and he, he cuts pretty much straight to the chase, and he, he just says, I, I think we need to figure out how to do church on the internet. We've got, like, Amazon selling stuff on the internet. Walmart's doing stuff on the internet. We're watching TV on the internet. We've got to mm-hmm. figure out a way how to do church on the internet. And yeah. I just started laughing. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, no, no, hold on. Just, just hang in there with me. I know it seems crazy, but just, just hear me out. And I'm like, no, man, you don't understand. That's not why I'm laughing. I don't think you're crazy. You just have no idea that I'm about to turn in a thesis on this idea. On this. Yeah. It was just such a God thing. And like, um, I ended up, uh, quitting one of my jobs and going and, uh, he paid me for a couple of months to work out of his, um, uh, like financial uh, consulting office okay. uh, to develop a, a business plan for how to build an online church. And then we took that yeah. to my home congregation, presented it to everyone that needed to approve it. And then before I know, knew it, I was I was functioning as an online pastor and enrolled in seminary. And it, it was like this whirlwind of like, whoa, I never thought I would ever, like I, I, I know God told me, you know, it felt like God told me, you know, that I needed to be a pastor, but I never really actually wanted to. Definitely never thought I was going to be doing online ministry. Yeah, yeah. And it just like just total God thing. Um, But then you asked, you know, how I got to where you know where I am now to shorten. That's actually a really long story, but to shorten it, basically, my wife and I realized that um, that role for me wasn't going to be a good long term fit. So we just started praying about what um, the next step would be and when that next step would need to happen. And we were just really open with God and told him, like, we'll do anything you want us to do. We'll go wherever you want us to go. We had some real exciting opportunities that would have required moving across the country. We prayed about those. Um, And the one thing we said to God was, we just, we don't want to start a church. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's never a good idea to tell God what you don't want to do. Exactly. (laughs) And so during those months, uh, there were four different uh, men who I really respected that came to me and asked me, uh, they're independent of one another, if I would consider planting a church. I told them all no, of course, because I'd already, already been clear, clear with God. So clearly they weren't coming on God's behalf. That was exactly. them. They didn't know what they were talking <laughs> about, right? 
So I told them all no, but then a couple of them had the um, uh, the guts to come and ask a second time. Um, and so once the second one asked me a second time, I was like, okay, maybe I need to take the hint. This might be God telling me to do something. Yeah. So I started looking into it, and then before I knew it, uh, same kind of whirlwind type of situation. Before I knew it, I was doing it. Um, before okay. I had even hardly convinced myself that it was um, – the something I, I even wanted to do uh, and don't get me wrong like I want to it's great it's exciting uh, but at the time I hadn't convinced myself of that yet and it just was like whoa I'm doing it, it was yeah just the way God works sometimes is just crazy <laughs> and so and we're talking you didn't plant a online you planted an offline a physical church right yeah um so we're we're not even totally planted yet in fact we're still in the building the launch team phase yeah we're not even meeting on sundays so it's there's still a lot of work ahead of us um well it's still yet to see if it's if it'll pan out but i believe god's in it and i think he's i think he's gonna make it happen that's awesome okay so in the plans of this launching this doing all the prep you're obviously having lots of discussions are you guys planning on having an online component to the church? So being both online and offline. Yeah. So um, it depends on to what degree and when we're talking. Okay. Uh, years down the road, uh, if this church ends up being a successful enough church to be able to add a strong church online experience, then yeah, like we, we want to do that because I really believe in the power that that has. Um, out the gate, that's just not something that that is right now that seems uh, like a feasible thing to do yeah. so instead um I, when it comes to church online i think it's less about like the actual product of church online and more about the purpose behind it which is just meeting people where they are being present where they're already present um, and so that for for us is is just having a, a strong digital strategy that we're in the process of implementing um to make it stronger um and that's actually something i do for a number of churches i, I yeah I do the the manage the digital presence for several churches in the Houston area, and so getting I kind of get to learn from what they're doing and and uh, experiment on on a few different churches and and see see kind of what works <laughs> right, kind of <laughs> test them out and they get to be the guinea pigs, so to speak. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So I'm I'm go I'm just kind of following where this goes. One of the things that I've been wrestling with, because I've got a, a small church that we've got here in, uh, in South Central Iowa, and you're in Texas, right? Yep. Okay. And so one of the things that we kind of go back and forth with wrestling on is our online presence. And for a while, we were streaming the Sunday morning services, and I keep wrestling with that concept of should we be streaming those at all? I'm not opposed to having the video posted online, but should we be streaming it live and in streaming it live? Is that going to give people an excuse to stay at home and not actually show up? Is that too easy for the Christian and should we be making it easy? Uh, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Have you kind of wrestled with this thought? Um, yeah. Give me your yeah. thoughts, your opinions. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a, that's a common objection or concern to live streaming, to church online in general, um, it's valid. That's a that's a that's something that you have to think about. And depending on how you do it, that very much can be the reality. Um, the 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 way that it's often asked to me is: Isn't church online just for lazy Christians? Okay. 
And my answer is always yes, of course it is. <laughs> I love the honesty. Of course it is. And that's a good thing. Because, yeah, I... because here's the thing. If, if someone is already at the point where they don't find value in the physical gathering enough to go there instead of watching online, it's only a matter of time before they just stop going to church at all. Yeah. Because they've already, yeah. they've all, they already don't see the value in it. So what church online and, and streaming, if you do it right, gives the opportunity to do is engage those people who are infrequent attenders or disconnected when they're not at church. Because the most That's likely good. people, the most likely people to be attending online in your local community um, who could be going to your church is, is two groups of people. One, onlookers who are checking you guys out, seeing mm -hmm. if maybe this is the place for you. And two, the lazy Christians, right? Yeah, fair um, enough. And so it, it gives them the opportunity, the people who are already probably not going to be in church every Sunday, to actually stay connected with church every Sunday. So when they're at the mm. lake house fishing, the dad who doesn't usually lead his family in spiritual matters says, hey, why don't we pull out the phone while we're on the boat and watch church for a minute? Let the poles sit in the pole holder, and uh, and and when the fish bite, we'll, we'll reel it in. But in the meantime, let's let's watch church together. So now all of a sudden, they're having church on a boat out in the middle of a lake while on vacation, and the dad gets to lead his family in that, which makes the wife feel more secure. The kids feel more like there's there's an example that they can look to in their own family, and now they're more connected. And if you're doing it right then you've got follow-up with them from someone in your church community locally who's able to, to, to make that connection so that now they want to go and say hi to Joe who emailed them back about their prayer request this week. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's, that's really good. And, and the reason I wanted to ask you about this is because you have a unique perspective on this. As you just shared with us, it was the online church, the, the church online platform that got you in that really brought you back. I mean, like, like you said, you just Googled God and depression and it led you to that. The, had that not happened, I mean, we can play the what if games, all of these, but you have that unique perspective of being one of those people where church done right online, it worked. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I love that. Now, the other thing you had said, and here's, Maybe one of the keys, um, and I had heard this quote, I, I can't even remember who I heard it, uh, and I wish I could. Maybe by the time we actually publish this, I'll be able to give proper credit. Um, but it was, somebody had said for a long time that uh, the church is actually the hope of the world. And somebody came no, back and they said, it's actually church done right is the hope for the world. And that's the thing. And who'd you say it was, Bill? Bill Hybels was the original one. Who yeah, said yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, Bill Hybels. And, and I, I know what he was saying in that. He, was, he, he wasn't saying church done wrong, obviously. Um, right. But it's sad that in our age, we have to clarify done right. Um, and, and you did that. You're like, streaming, if done right. And that's really the big reason why our church, we don't do the streaming anymore, more so than the, the questions and debates. Because I was still having these debates, and I'm like, I would rather err on the side of, I might be able to reach a George Holloway out there that is searching and looking. I would rather err on that side by putting it out there. But 
we didn't have any type of mechanism in place that if somebody actually hops online and has a question, how do we respond? If they have an immediate prayer need, how do we do that? And that's what we just didn't have in place. And I think that's not doing it right. Would you agree with that sentiment? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Thankfully, with digital technology, like there there are very easy and scalable ways to implement things like that. But it is mm-hmm. one of those where, especially if you're a church of, of smaller resources, primarily in, in human resources, because it doesn't require yeah. a lot of financial resources. But if you're a church that's smaller in human resources, it is, um, it, it's harder. That's the same reason we're not going to start with that either, because we yeah. just don't have the ability to do it right yet. And um, it's the same kind of deal where like when you're evaluating when you're going to launch a, a, a church plant, you have to ask, like, when is the time to do it right? Because you get to do it once. Yeah. And, and you want to be sure that you do it in a way that is good because it is the church done right that is the hope of the world. Yeah, yeah. All right, you said two other things earlier that I want to kind of come back to. One of them, you said that part of the the whole concept behind doing any type of church, any type of ministry online is going where people are at. Um, is that what led you to, cause I've seen you dabble a little bit on other social platforms, but you're pretty well all in on Instagram. Uh, is that kind of what led you to Instagram seeing where kind of like your target demographic was at? Yeah. So it was, uh, it became that it started more just like trial and error where like I tried Twitter, I tried Facebook, I tried Instagram and it worked. Um, and the reason it worked is cause that's where attention is right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that in- Instagram is is where the the activity and the engagement is at. It's where the eyeballs are, um, and yeah. it's yeah. So yes, the answer to your question is yes. It's because that's where the people are. I wanted to be present there. Um, it happened by trial and error. I wish I could say that was a brilliant decision on my <laughs> on my part, but it was just it was just I kind of discovered it was like wow, this is where people are and people want to listen to what I have to offer here. This is cool. Yeah. No, I, and I actually, I love that answer because I think that'll give hope to other Christians out there that are looking for options for digital ministry. Um, you know, we've had a few guests on already that they've kind of emphasized on YouTube and, and primarily because I've already created those relationships and I know them because of my emphasis on YouTube up to this point. But it was very much similar to me in why I did that. I was trying to do them all, but I found the most success with YouTube that all of a sudden it was like what I was putting out there. It was just resonating. People were commenting, they were being engaged and I was like, all right, well this is working and I've obviously got a knack for it. So let's try it. Not to say I'm not in and very much interested in Instagram because that's exactly like you said, it's there. I mean, people are there right now and they are engaging. Now, from me, from an outside perspective, I look at Instagram um, and I see lots of pictures of food and lots of pictures of selfies. Um, <laughs> how do we do Instagram right? You're talking about doing it right. So if we're going to try to use Instagram as our digital platform for a digital ministry, how do we do it right? Uh, what are you doing? What are you finding to be the right way of doing things? I think um, one of the things that I've started to notice is that anytime you can speak into where there is deception or darkness or discouragement um, in the same arena where people find those things, 
okay. um, and struggle with those things, then there's power in that. Like, like if you were to go to a bar and talk about drunkenness, there's a different level of, of interaction and a um, application that happens there. So when you go onto Instagram and you see food and vacation photos and selfies that are all, you know, the right filters and touched up and, um, basic, basically, um, Twitter is random thoughts and <laughs> rants, right? And yep. then, and then, uh, um, Facebook is just the, the garbage can of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, then that's great. And then Instagram is the fake life. That's that's what it is. Like that that's that's the that's what Instagram is known for being is filters, right? Right. Like hashtag no filter is like this thing that we pride to put on something because it's like my life is so great. All of your photos need filters, but mine doesn't because it's yeah. that great, right? If that's just the 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 culture that's been built on Instagram by being a primarily visual platform. So what that leads to is feelings of, um, of missing out, um, uh, feelings of being less than, of not measuring up, not being enough. It causes a lot of social anxiety where, where yeah. kids are seeing their friends hang out with their friends and they weren't invited um, or they're comparing themselves to you know, this, this Instagram model and they're, they're feeling like they're, they're not pretty enough or... Um, like they're not a, a good enough wife because they don't cook the crazy awesome meals that her husband posts about yeah. and they don't, they're not doing the whole couple's goals thing. Like it's like it causes so much discouragement and there's deceit okay. and messages that aren't truthful and aren't true to who Jesus says that we are, yeah. that when you get to go on into that same place that all of that happens and say, no, this is who Jesus says you are. You're valuable. These are things that you can, you can do to start recognizing those God's realities for yourself. Yeah. Uh, there, there's power there and, and being able to go into that and just speak straight into the core issues that, that you find in where, wherever the platform is that you're, you're trying to reach people. So how is it that you're doing that? How do you speak straight into that? Cause Instagram is, is photos. I mean, that's what it, what it is. It's, I mean, it, it's grant. I mean, that's the platform pictures, you're posting pictures. How do you, how do you speak to the, the deceit, the discouragement, the darkness, as you said, with photos, what, what does that look like? Yeah. So, um, I use photos and captions a bit differently than, how maybe you might would think to when you think Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, I use it as like a micro blog where okay. th the image is like your YouTube thumbnail. It's, it's the clickbait. It's what's going to get you to stop scrolling. Ooh, I like that. Um, when I, when I make an image for Instagram, I'm thinking one, if someone only read this, does this give them hope? Cause I'm putting text on those images. Yeah. So if someone only read the text on that image, does this give them hope? And two, does it intrigue them enough um, to, to read what I write in the caption? And then three, is it enough to make them, like really that's the first part, is, is does this design, it's less about the content, more about the design. Does the yeah. design make them stop in their tracks to see what in the world is happening? Um, and so, so, Raining that back in, yeah. Uh, I, the 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 image is like like the the clickbait thumbnail, right? That, that right. hopefully offers a bit of encouragement as well. But then the caption that you mentioned that I, I I do devotionals. That's where those devotionals go, 
And um, sometimes they're short, sometimes they're long, sometimes they're real in-depth. Sometimes it's just a list of Bible verses to encourage, to remind people what God's promises are or to encourage them. Oh, that's good. Um, But using that real estate uh, is fascinating to me because it's an underused piece of real estate on Instagram. The caption is. Okay. All right. Now, would you say that, because you do put text on top of the images that you're doing as well. For somebody that maybe isn't as tech savvy, doesn't have you know the the know-how, the knowledge to do it, is there still a way for them to just put an image, keeping the caption underneath, but in just an image alone that could help lead to that? Have you seen people doing that? What would you say for that? Yeah, actually, so there's uh, there's one really really good example of that, um, and I've done it myself. Um, Dave Adamson um, at Aussie Dave. He yeah. takes his. Uh, he's a phenomenal photographer, and he uses his photography and uh, relates a Bible story to those images. And actually, I discovered he was doing that um, after I started doing that myself. Um, I knew about him, but I didn't know he was doing that on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started doing that when I went on vacations um, where there was, you know, photos of ruins and of mountains and valleys and just, you know, really cool imagery. But you can even do the same thing with just like photos of everyday life where yeah. you basically you look at the image and you go, what is a Bible lesson that can be pulled from this? So when uh. I had photos of like rivers and stuff, it was able to you know talk about flow and the flow of living water flowing into you and then back out of you. Or like with the photos of the ruins, I got to talk about legacy. What's the message you're leaving behind for people later? Um, things like that, just getting creative with it. And part of me misses when I did that because that's just not what I do anymore. Right. Um, and I, like, I still love taking photos. I took all, them all with my phone, but um, I still love mobile photography. And I just yeah. don't really share them anymore. But um, I, I like the 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 clickbaity images too. So I still have fun with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Cause I've, I've bounced back and forth with a few different varieties on my own Instagram, uh, trying the images on top, similar to what you've done. Um, I, I never liked the way they looked for me. Some of them I loved others. I didn't, uh, I've tried kind of maybe the Aussie Dave route of doing some of that. But I think the thing that you just said that finally clicked in my mind was, one, you're doing this devotion. It's almost like you're doing a mini sermon and you're using that photo as a sermon illustration to kind of reinforce the point that that micro blog, the, the description content is really doing. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's because it, there's, there's something powerful about an image that can help it to stick in your mind. One of my favorites was uh, I had this photo of you could see the top of a mountain and the bottom of the valley. And yeah. I just got to talk about how the view always seems better from the mountaintop, but there's <laughs> always more life in the valley. And, That's and, awesome. And so just getting to just, just encourage people like, look, if you feel like you're in a valley, take the time to enjoy that, that there's a richness there that, that can happen that you just don't get on the mountaintop. Oh, man, that is so good. Now, how much do you think that we as Christians, especially with... Instagram being fake, how much more real do we need to be on there? Oh, radically, radically more real. Um, the the thing about you know, like we talked about it earlier, you know, Instagram is a is a place where there's a lot of fake. There's a lot of pretend. Yeah. 
And to just be honest about where you're at in life and what's happening, kind of the unfiltered, that sticks out because it's not what people are used to seeing on the platform. And um, people find it refreshing. I mean, think about whenever like someone, like let's say that there's, there's someone you look up to right? Like if it's Craig Rochelle, right? So let's mm-hmm. just use him as, as an example, because I've noticed this from him, yeah. where he'll put, he'll have an Instagram story of him and his daughter just like reading or like, like, or like there's like some mess in the kitchen or like, it's like, oh, he's just, he's just, he's a guy and right. it, it makes him more relatable. Yeah. He's, he puts his pants on the same way we all do just one leg right. at a time. And, um, at least I think, I don't know, he's kind of athletic. He might be able to jump into them, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, and that's one of those things that I've seen on, obviously I, I focus more on YouTube, but I've seen the same thing where, especially this generation that is coming up, that's, that's rising up. They want real because they can relate to real. They don't want the polish. I I actually just had a another friend that I I admire so much and he just flat out told me he's like Josh even your videos are too polished. I want to rub the polish off of you. You need to be real. And I'm like, "Man, how much more real can I get?" Um but that that's good because they are craving that. Do you think that's because the church has put on too much of a facade in years past? I think it's I think it's not just the church. I think that um, I mean, if you look at brands, they're all trying to have a more authentic feel as well. Uh, we're kind of just reacting, especially millennials. We're reacting against the kind of boomer uh, mentality that loves a show, loves a production for things to be really polished. Um, yeah. We don't mind sitting on a broken couch in a coffee shop, like right. We, it just we we care more about the the coffee, and so same kind of thing. We don't. We don't mind um, so much um, production quality that's not crazy, um, you know, polished as long as the coffee, the substance, the good stuff is is there. Okay. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Um, I, I want to kind of flip this a little bit on you because you were talking about doing things right. So I want to toss this completely on its head and let's take the other aspect when it comes to Instagram and Christians who are trying to use that platform, ideally for good, ideally for kingdom purposes. What do you see being the biggest mistake that Christians are doing on Instagram? Ooh, um, that's a, that's a hard question. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if it's the biggest mistake, but one of the ones that irritates me the most, um, is a in your face like slam with the law type of presence mm. um, okay th- th- I feel like people go through life already not feeling good enough and so we don't need um, to remind them of that they already feel it they already know it and s- there are some that don't. They need to be woken up, and so we have. But we have to do that gently. Yeah. Um, I, I, and it's more of a problem on Facebook than Instagram. Right. Um, you see a lot of just just slamming the other side, quote unquote. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's just I, that's not beneficial. It's not helpful. Um, yeah. But I, I, I'll I'll add something that that's that's less of a personal peeve and more of actually a, a, a prevalent problem that, that okay. I see, and that is just promotion. Um, where our, 
our um, churches, social media, even some of our pastors are are all come to this, come to this, sign up for this, sign up for this, come to this, do this, do this, <laughs> add value to my church, right? right? Rather than let me add value to your life. Here's something to encourage you today. Here's something to to build your faith. Yeah. It, 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 we should be we should be adding value five times as often as we're asking for value. That's good. That's good. And, and I'm and guilty had... of it. I'm gu- I've done it. In fact, if you go to our church's Instagram right now, the three most recent posts are all value asks. I shouldn't have done that, but I did. It's tempting. Yeah. It's so easy to do because that's the thing that's on our mind. But we have to remember that's not what on, what's on other people's minds. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, that's that's good. I, and I I mean, I it's something that I know. It's something that I see. But I don't, yeah, I, that's, that's interesting. I mean, offline, we were talking about, um, you know, Gary V, which some of his language of choice, obviously we wouldn't condone, but the principles behind what's he, what he teach as far as marketing, uh, which obviously the church needs to be aware of marketing and really each and every one of us should be, I, I, I look at this and I see that there is a false sense of humility that so many Christians do where we don't want to make our name great. And yet I can even look back on like Abraham where God gives him that promise in Genesis 12. And he says, you know, uh, I will bless you. I'll make you a great nation. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing to others. And really that's all about creating influence. It's the, the old John Maxwell quote that people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care and they really only know that you care when you're giving them value rather than trying to take it from them. And so I love that because with that false sense of humility, we sit there and say, well, I don't, I don't want to be known. I want Jesus to be known. Okay. Abraham had a great name that God made, but yet even today we still call God, the God of Abraham. It was through Abraham people got to know God. It's through Josh that people get to know God. It's through George that people get to know God. And why is that a bad thing? If we're just letting God use us, it's ultimately pointing to him. And if that means we have 100 followers, great. If we have 10,000 followers, great. If all we're doing is trying to give more of God, we should probably be giving a little bit more. Uh, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. I mean, and another great example is that Paul signed his letters. Like he was writing the Bible <laughs> and he signed it. I, Paul. <laughs> I, I love that. It's, it is so true. It, it really is. It is. Yeah. That's just so good. Um, okay. So a couple things that I wanted to, as we get ready to wind down, one of them Digital ministry, us trying to really share God's love, encourage people to live out their faith and have a genuine relationship with God. When we're doing that in a digital platform, we talked about it earlier where the person receiving it, especially from an online church setting, yes, that helps out the lazy Christian. It's an easier entry method. I'm hearing from a lot of ministers I couldn't do that because that's too hard. Is that really just a fallacy? Because to me, isn't doing digital ministry actually easier than physical ministry? You know, in in some regards, yeah. Um, the 
what they're really expressing isn't that it's too hard. It's that it's unknown. Um, okay. They think that it's that it's too hard. Um, but that's just because it's, it's uncomfortable. It's unknown. And anything that feels uncomfortable and unknown feels hard. Yeah. Um, but as the, the, the truth is that the, the barriers that exist um, in, in digital ministry are so few compared to offline ministry that like if you're doing offline ministry and you're and you're doing well and you're adding value to people's lives and people uh, a good metric is are people coming to you with their problems mm-hmm. right then you can do digital ministry that's that's easier you don't have it's it's rarely someone that's like uh, like, like an offline ministry, you may get a call and have to drive to their house like immediately, right? Yeah. Um, or you got to meet them for coffee like right now. With with digital ministry, like while you're waiting for your next appointment at the coffee shop, you're replying to someone who has a question about God um, through an Instagram DM. And it's it, it, it helps to multiply your ministry capacity and benefits your local ministry because people know they can reach you outside of just Sunday at church. Right, right. That is good. Um, along that, with being able to reach people, being able to connect with people, and still minister to them in an online capacity rather than just the offline, you had talked about how you're one of those, you're really a product of digital ministry and how that kind of led you in. So you're a great testimony for, you know, Life Church and the church online platform they have. Have you in through this Instagram ministry have you that you've got, have you had one of those? Is there a story that you can share where you've been able to kind of impact somebody's life like that and you've been able to reach out to a George, so to speak? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, one of my favorite stories, I don't know. Um, I don't know that it's exactly the same vein um, as, as my story was, but... Right. Um, I was actually still doing church online at the same time, and it was somewhat related to that, but it happened through Instagram. Uh, there was a guy from uh, the Gambia of West Africa who okay. heard about Jesus in a movie that he stumbled across. Uh, it's a 100% Muslim area, and he started doing some research online about Jesus, and he decided he needed to talk with a pastor about learning more about Jesus. So he just started, he went to, as the first place he went, he went to Instagram and started messaging every pastor he could find. Wow. And I was the only one that replied. That's what he said. Um, And so we started talking about Jesus. And we were literally starting from square one where um, he was like, what's a disciple? I asked him, you know, if he had been baptized. And he's like, what's a baptized? And it's like, like literally like square one. Wow, that's amazing. All the way back to like bare basics. And uh, what ended up happening was through the course of several weeks of going back and forth with them through um, uh, text message chat on like direct message um, and WhatsApp uh, video calls, uh, he ended up coming to believe in Jesus. And he was taking everything I was saying and relaying it to his uh, his six sisters. And all six of them came to believe in Jesus and were oh, all man. baptized. That is so good. Oh, man, if that doesn't get people stirred up in their hearts right now thinking there are so many human beings out there in the world that God loves that are in a lost and dying position and they just need somebody to share his radiant love with them. 
man, if that doesn't stir us up to, to get on whatever social platform we can and start doing that, I'm, I'm not sure I know what will. Uh, what would you say to encourage the, the Christian out there to step out and to start sharing God's love digitally? Start trying. Um, I, I think one of the bigger barriers I've heard from people, and it was one I experienced myself to like actually stepping out and starting doing, starting to do ministry under your name, like under like who you are yeah, is a feeling of like being pretentious. Like who, who am I to think that my <laughs> voice is something that people would want to listen to? Right. Uh, who am I to think that I have something of value to offer that they couldn't get by just following one of the thousands of pastors that are already on Instagram? Mm -hmm. um, and what helped me to break through that was just trying. I just started with Twitter, and I just was putting out these little thoughts. It felt super pretentious at first. It's like my friends are going to think that I'm full of myself and – um, like, like, you know, oh, there's George with his little nugget of wisdom again. Like that's how I envisioned it. <laughs> right. But it resonated. And all of a sudden, before I knew it, I had built a small audience on Twitter and I was like, well, this is interesting. I wish I could say more. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I really want to do that on Facebook where all of my friends and family are. Let's try Instagram where I've just got a couple hundred. Let's, let's just do that. And so right. I started doing that and, um, I set a goal of reaching, a thousand followers by the end of the year. That was in April of last year. Um, I was like, man, if I can reach a thousand by the end of this year, this would be great. <laughs> and uh, by November, I hit ten thousand. Yeah. <laughs> <It> just <laughs> and like the here, like the thing is, like, um, there's part of it that doesn't like sharing that because not everyone is going to find that sort of like number validation. Right. Um, but that that's part of what what helped for me was just seeing like, hey, there's some there's. It basically, it was a sign of fruit. That's yeah. what it was for me. Um, so I was looking for things like that, things like, hey, thanks for sharing this. This is what I needed today. Those little micro interactions of like, right. okay, okay, so this is valuable. I'm not just being pretentious and satisfying my own vanity. Like, I, like the, the, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is actually valuable to somebody. Yeah. Um, and, and so if you're, if you're thinking about doing this, like if you're, if you're a Christian, if you're a creator and you're thinking about taking your voice, taking your skill, whatever that is, and, and putting it out there for people, realize that God gave you that for a reason, and then watch mm -hmm. for those micro interactions where people says, wow, this is what I needed. Thank you for sharing this. Because that that's when you know, okay, this was something I needed to do. Yeah, that's good. I love that. Uh, and you have got that that heart, the, the true heart of God where it's, okay, so you're over 10,000 uh, followers at this point but you're concerned about each one, each individual one. And if you can reach one, man, is, isn't it worth it? If it's just that one guy that you reached and now all of a sudden his siblings, you know, or the one person that they just needed that word of encouragement because they were looking at all these other selfies and they were getting discouraged. And here's a real photo of you that provided the encouragement they needed. We, we've got this platform. We've got the ability. There's such great potential. And like you said, the barrier to entry is nothing. <laughs> I mean, it, it really is. If you're listening to this podcast, you already have the entry method. Um, so it's like, whether it's on a computer or whether it's on your phone, you're hearing this and you've got exactly what you need to do that in your hands. So 
man, man, I love that. I'm stirred up. Now I got to get busy on Instagram. So <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Okay, so here we're going to do, this is one of my favorite segments that we do. It is called The Fast Five, where I am going to ask you five absolutely random questions that have nothing to do with anything, and I want your initial reactions as fast as you can. George, are you ready for the Fast Five? Uh, Ready as I'm going to (laughs) be. All right. Question number one. If you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? Oh, wow. That's fast. That's a fascinating question. Um, I think um, just to satisfy my own curiosity, I would want to go like way, way, way back to um, right before the flood. I want to know who the Nephilim were. I want to know what the kind of craziness was happening. I want to see Noah build the ark. Okay, question two. Why can't we tickle ourselves? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, you're right. You can't. It's. <laughs> I'm not sure there's actually an answer to that one. Okay, question number three. What is for dinner tonight? Oh, um, you know, I actually haven't decided yet, and I really should know because I'm having uh, my church staff over, and we're making dinner for them, and I have no idea what it's going to be, and we might end up ordering pizza, but okay. I'm, I'm leaning towards chicken fajitas. Ooh, chicken fajitas. That's, that's a good choice. I like that. So, Okay. Uh, how many friends of yours are redheads? Oh, um, probably, I don't know, ballpark at 10. and our final question of the fast five what is the maximum number of spritzes of perfume or cologne you can have without it being too much Ooh, uh probably three (laughs) okay there we go all right well that was george holloway with the fast five george uh i just want to thank you so much for being on here with us if people are wanting to connect with you online um where can they do so at what are your handles how what's your contact information give us all of the details yeah, so my social security number is. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the best way to reach me would uh, would be my Instagram. That's at George Holloway. We spell our last name different than most do. I'm sure Joshua will have it in the show notes yes, somewhere. We'll have it in there. Uh, but it's H O L L E W A Y. We're the only family in the world that spells it that way. But. Uh, Instagram's the best way and um, you can find every everywhere else from there all right perfect any other parting words that you got for the audience the platform is yours man if you're for real if you're if you're thinking about taking making that step to start making a kingdom impact through digital media um, the best way to get started is just to get started start sharing something um, even if if it's just something to kind of build your confidence that people even want to see it see something spiritually related from you just share some bible verses like do something because something's better than nothing and we need more voices speaking into um, the, the chasm of the internet yeah all right well that's so good hey everybody i just want to thank you so much for joining george and i on this conversation it has been fun and we've enjoyed having you here listening and taking part if you want to uh connect with us obviously you can catch him on instagram at george holloway we'll have all of the uh the details down in the description below if you need to connect with me you can pretty much do so anywhere there is a platform out there at joshua verwers also if you would like to support this online ministry that i got going and really make sure that i can keep providing this content 
it, you can support this on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Joshua Verwers. And that's all I got for you. So until next time, I just want you all to stay blessed and enjoy God's best and have a great week.